Hello, hello, hello. Two one two, two one two, testing, testing, two one two one two. Right, first YouTube live I've ever done. This is, and I'm hoping it's working. Um, I've done fa quite a lot of Facebook lives. I do them. A bit scruffy, don't I? I was thinking of putting a better shirt on. Anyway, uh, anyone's there? Is anyone there? Um, hoping the audio is working. Is the audio working? I hope the audio is working because I tried it the other day and it and I was talking to myself because the audio wasn't working. Oh, look at that. We've got Shirley. Hi, Shirley. Hi, Shirley. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hi, Karen. Is the is the is the microphone working? Yes, yes. I don't, is it this microphone or not? I don't think it does that do anything. Loud and clear. Load and clear. Load and clear. Right, I haven't dressed up, but that's all right. Well, I don't know if anything's going to happen on this one. It's a YouTube Live. Um, it will be back on Facebook Live when I get back on Facebook. But, ah, uh, oh, I was going to talk about my book, wasn't I? That's reminding me of my book. I'm going to advertise that because I've got a question related to that. Right, okay. Um, so, audio's working. Good. Right, so I've got a couple of questions that I've got. I've only got a couple. I... I I didn't know how this was going to pan out. So um, here we go. Uh, <clears throat> so we've got a question here. Hello, I have been looking at your mummy makeover package, the tummy tuck and breast lift. I've also looked at a similar package in Prague. Can I put this on the screen? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, and being given an estimated price for that. I'm trying to find out whether there would be a great difference by the time, flights, accommodation, etc. over there would be compared to having the surgery done in the UK if you could give me an estimated price for the mummy makeover package, please. So we've given you a price for the mummy makeover package. And I'm going to talk about that sort of thing because um, this is a good point here. Because um, the interesting thing is when people inquire about stuff, the most like uh, the, 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 the thing that they always say is how much is it? What is the price? And I, I'd understand that. I'd probably say that if I was looking for something, you know, hip replacement or something. <laughs> so I feel at the moment, anyway, with a hip, you know, dodgy back and all that, you know, back replacement. If I was looking for back replacement surgery, what do you look for? So the first thing you want to know is say, what's the price? So if you're looking purely on price, you will find it cheaper in Prague, I suspect, or you or abroad. I don't want to sort of pull out a particular place she's just mentioned Prague but um you know overseas a lot of people go overseas for surgery it's a very big industry and it is uh, obviously appealing because otherwise people wouldn't do it because obviously it's a bit of hassle to go abroad um it'd be easy to have it done here but the reason they do it is because I believe it is significantly cheaper than having it done on the, in the UK so if you're purely looking at price yes you will find it better um with uh, going abroad for surgery and I think you'll find most people in the UK won't be able to um, compete on price in terms of going abroad but there's a lot more than just price and um, 
the problem is it's easy to ask about price and the one of the things that I try and get across to people is to think about what sort of questions you've got to ask because a lot of people don't know what they're supposed to ask and because if they don't know what they're supposed to ask they can't tell whether one's better than another one because they don't know the difference between having it done in um, UK even in different places in the UK there'll be different prices and uh, going um, other countries as different uh, prices so the differences will be um, or the or the things to look out for, I would say, when you're having surgery of any sort, is first of all, qualifications of the surgeon. That's where the ow. Oh. Oh, <laughs> right, that's where my book. Yeah, never accept is that there? Never accept to lift. Oh, is that all reversed for you? Oh, anyway. Written a book. Why have I written a book? Uh, to see that scratch. I've written a book because uh, there is a difference between having it done with different surgeons because uh, the surgery, um, there is no standard to say who is supposed to do this sort of surgery. When I say this sort of surgery, I mean cosmetic surgery. Um, what we're talking about here, mummy makeover, tummy tuck and breast lift. Um, you would think that um, plastic surgeons would be doing that sort of surgery. And plastic surgeons do do that sort of surgery, but there's a lot of other surgeons that do that sort of surgery. In fact, probably more is done by non-plastic surgeons than by plastic surgeons, certainly in this country, because there's a lot of people offering this sort of surgery. Uh, and even when you go abroad, you might find that they are plastic surgeons. They are uh, fully trained plastic surgeons um, abroad. But one of the things you've got to look out for, whether you're going abroad or here, is what the training of your surgeon is. Um, so first of all, you're looking for a fully trained plastic surgeon, Exhibit A. That's number one. A lot of people will not be fully trained plastic surgeons. If you want to know if so in this country, if someone's a fully trained surgeon, then you're looking for FRCS and then brackets, a specialty. So plast is plastic surgeon. Uh, if it just says ING, E-N-G, that just means they're in it's England or um Ireland or Scotland or whatever. So, um, but um, that just means they've, they've got a fellowship of the Royal College of Surgeons. They're not a special specialist. A specialist will have something in brackets afterwards. Uh, ORL for ENT surgeons, otorhinolaryngology, or GEN for a general surgeon, or ORTH for an orthopedic surgeon. So, if they've got letters in brackets after their FRCS, then they're a specialist. If they haven't, they're not a specialist. And it's okay in this country to do mummy makeovers, tummy tucks, breast lifts, goodness knows what, if you're not a specialist. There is no law to say that a surgeon has to have finished specialist training. That is the problem, because a lot of people assume that they have to have a specialty and they have to be a specialist. There is no law to say it. They, um, all sorts of doctors do it, and there are people who aren't specialised in anything who are doing it. Um, so that is number one problem. And by specialized, I mean, you do six years of training after you get your FRCS in a certain specialty, whether it be orthopedic surgery or general surgery or plastic surgery. So to get FRCS plus, you have to do six years of specialist training just purely in plastic surgery. So um, that's the first thing to look out for a specialist, a fully trained specialist. Second thing, particularly if you're going abroad, the special, the training is different in different countries. 
So a trainee will be trained to different levels if you're trained in the UK compared to if you're trained in, in different countries. Um, in Italy, for instance, a lot of the, 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 the structure of the hospitals is different to the structures here. Um, and in Australia as well, it's similar to Italy in that they in, in Italy and Australia, these are just places that I've worked in. So I know they have a professor who oversees everything and the consultants work under the professor and they do a ward around once a week uh, and they present their patients to the professor and they they get guidance from the professor in the uk we don't have that system once you're a consultant there is no one above you we do have professors in the uk but the professors aren't above the other consultants when you're a consultant in the uk you are a fully independent practitioner and you are totally responsible for patients yourself on your own so you are uh, the training in the UK is is to a level where you are completely um, once you are a fully specialist, um, uh, fully trained specialist. The exams that you finish on are aimed towards you working as an independent practitioner. So if you've got those letters after your name, then they, you have been deemed by the Royal College of Surgeons to be able to look after patients as an independent specialist. The problem is there's no law against people who haven't got those letters after their name looking after patients as an independent specialist. I'll talk about that in a minute, but there's no law against it. So um, that's why you have to look for those letters. Now, having said there's no, no law against it, the private hospitals, the big ones like BMI, Ramsey, Spire, Nuffield, um, all the big companies, uh, you can't work there unless you are fully trained. So there is a sort of uh, a safety net there. But the problem is certainly in plastic surgery, and it is a problem pretty much unique to plastic surgery, uh, that there are cosmetic companies that then have their own hospitals, and then they can employ anyone to work in those hospitals. So there are people who aren't fully trained uh, providing the service because they're working in, in hospitals which are owned by the companies rather than working in the in the um, local private hospitals. Um, other surgeons don't have that. Orthopedic surgeons, cardiac surgeons, neurosurgeons, they don't have that problem. Um, so it, all orthopedic surgery and cardiac surgery is done at the main hospitals, uh, the main private hospitals. And so all those surgeons are fully trained. So um, that is uh, exhibit A. So you have to work out the fully trained and exhibit B, the training is different in different countries. It doesn't mean it's better in one country than another. It's just different. Like again, for instance, in... Uh, again, in Italy, plastic surgeons don't do much hand surgery. I don't know, I'm not sure if they do any hand surgery. In the UK, uh, a large part of plastic surgery is hand surgery, is hand trauma. So a plastic surgeon will be trained to different levels in different countries. In, in Australia, going back to these places that I've worked, plastic surgeons do a lot of bony work in the face. So if you have a facial fracture, the plastic surgeons will fix that facial fracture as well as fixing the soft tissues. In the UK, they're not. In the UK, maxillofacial surgeons will, will fix the bony fracture and the plastic surgeons just deal in soft tissues so it's different in different countries not right or wrong it's just different in different countries so it can be difficult to tell how what sort of level someone's trained in in a different country because you the the, the training structure is different that's one thing to look out for the other thing to look out for uh, so the two main things i think are the surgical training and the aftercare i think the aftercare is really important and the good thing about cosmetic surgery is that it is very safe. There's not many problems. There's not much, um, many complications. But if you do get a complication, if you do get uh, an adverse outcome, then um, you can be, be a bit left, feeling like you're a bit left high and dry. Now, I'm saying that because I've seen people who've had surgery overseas who have then come to me and want me or, you know, 
come to the local private hostels and want to be looked after and we're like well you know you've had the surgery you know in wherever really you should go to see your surgeon so you just got to make sure i don't know what this what the setup is but just make sure what the setup is ideally you should be seeing a surgeon for follow-ups and ideally you don't really want to go back to that country so i don't know if the surgeon i don't know if they do it so that the surgeon comes over here and sees you for follow-ups but the other thing is if you need surgery sometimes you need a little bit of surgery a little bit of a nip and a tuck a little bit of a problem um and it's just a bit of a an issue if you have to go back so that's the other issue that you've got to look out for what's the aftercare who's i mean i've seen people advertising say if you have a problem ring your gp i'm like well GP's not really going to help you if you have a tummy tuck and a what is it a breast lift um, in Prague and then you've got a problem with the wound. The GP's not really going to be able to that much help unless you have a really serious problem. You need serious hospitalization. If you're just not happy with the result and think one's a bit bigger than the other or there's you know the tummy tuck's not quite right, GP's not going to help really. So just look at the aftercare and um, just be aware that there are reasons for the prices to be different. So those are the two main things I think you should worry about if you're thinking about going abroad. Uh, and you might come to the judgment that it's still okay and that, you know, in, as long as you make an, like anything, make an informed decision, then that, that's fine. The other thing you might say, well, why is it so much cheaper abroad? Why do we charge so much more here? Do we get paid a lot more money here? And I think one of the big things that we have here is we have to be covered uh, with our insurance. The insurance is huge over here. So we have to be covered. It's something like, I think it's something like 5 million for an individual case and 10 million uh, over the year uh, is our insurance cover. So we have huge insurance premiums, which again, they may not have the same insurance premiums, particularly if they're not a plastic surgeon. So that's, you know, the, the, the plastic surgeon, if you're a plastic surgeon, your insurance premium is a lot higher than if you're a different type of surgeon. So we do have to pay a lot um, in terms of the insurance, but then that you that does cover you because if you have any problems or anything like that, um, and you feel that you haven't been treated properly, then there is insurance there to cover you if you um, uh, you know if you pursue that. Whereas if you pursue someone who's not insured or is not insured to that level, then you haven't you may not have quite as much of a comeback uh, if that does happen. Again, that's a rare thing, so you know, but it's just something to be aware of. Um, the um, so, yeah, so I think it's about question making a balanced decision. I think a lot of surgeons will say don't go abroad is terrible, is evil. Um, but the fact of the matter, a lot of people do go abroad. So I would say make a balanced judgment, make a, you know, if it is, it is cheaper, you know, I think it will be cheaper. <clears throat> and you may think that the value, the extra value that you're getting by having surgery here is not worth it, in which case, fine. But uh, you have to just know what the extra value is. And if you just ask for the price, you won't know what the extra value is. So you have to know level of training, um, experience, the quality of the result you're going to get, and also the aftercare. So the other thing is look at the aftercare. Speak to people who've had it done in the plate. If you're going abroad, speak to the people who have it done. Look at the results. See if the results are good. Um, you know, do your research, basically. Um, so, um, yeah, that's a, um, that's a good question. And thanks for that question. We've also had someone who has phoned up. She's had surgery by me and she is worried because she's got a lump. In fact, I've had, a, I've had a, someone else I saw the other day. Anyway, this is for this person. She's phoned up. She's, she's felt a lump and she's extremely worried. But she lives up um, in Sheffield, I think it is. And so she's worried and wants to see a surgeon and uh, is concerned. And the um, 
first thing I would say is, well, if someone's got a lump and well, this is for someone who's got a lump who's got breast implants. So she's got breast implants in and she's got a lump. The first thing is really, well, first thing, if you had a lump in your breast, you've got to seek help. So the, the first port of call is probably your GP. Um, your GP might be able to help, might be able to ascertain it. But the main thing you've got to ascertain is whether it's a lump in the breast or whether it's a lump in the of the implant. So your GP might be able to help, it might be obvious, or they might say, oh, look, you've got implants in. So it's perfectly reasonable to go and see me or your plastic surgeon, because if it may well be a lump of the implant. It may be a lump or a, a knuckle or a. Um, it may be the implant that you're feeling. So, um, and this is like six years, I think, ago I did the surgery. So um, the first thing is come back and see me, stroke your surgeon, um, to see if the lump is in your is around your implant and or is it around your breast and your surgeon might be able to say look that's a lump of your breast that's a knuckle of the implant sometimes um when the implants um get um just get an implant on them I'm not prepared sorry right um sometimes when you have an implant this is an implant here um if you get a bit of a capsule hold up if you get a bit of capsule a bit of tightening Right, the implant, the the, the 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 capsule starts tightening, and you get an edge. Can you see that knuckle? You get an edge there. So sometimes, as the capsule tightens around it, you get a little bit of a knuckle, and you think, "Oh, that's that lug off." I can feel that lump. Yeah. So that can sometimes happen, and you might clinically, you might be able to feel that. And say, actually, that's a knuckle of the implant. That's okay. I won't worry about that. That's that's normal. That that can happen. And you know, usually the lump in itself doesn't bother people. They're just worried. You know, obviously, why about breast cancer and what have you? Um, so the surgeon might be able to say, you know what, that's a lump of the uh, knuckle of the implant. Don't worry about it. Or they might say, actually, you know what, I think that might be a lump of your breast tissue. Um, because you can actually usually tell the implant sort of around behind the breast. The breast tissue is on top of the implant, even whether the implant's on top of or behind the muscle, the breast tissue is on top of the implant. So, um, hi Tracy, nice to see you. Um, uh, yeah, working well. Yeah, first YouTube live. <laughs> see how it goes. Um, so the um, knuckle could be the, the implant, or it might be the breast tissue. If it is the breast tissue, if there's concern that it might not be the implant, then the thing to do is to uh, then seek help. What we normally say, and this is where things can get a little bit confusing, is that uh, what I would normally do is refer you to a breast surgeon. And people sometimes look at me and think, wait a minute, hold on a minute, you're just telling me you've written a blinking book about how to choose your best surgeon for your cosmetic breast surgery. You're telling me that you're some kind of expert in the breast. And now you're referring me to a breast surgeon. Hold on a minute. So it is a bit confusing because I'm not a breast surgeon. I'm a plastic surgeon. Now, I pretty much only do breasts. I do do tummies and, and body contouring. I don't do any faces. So I am a plastic surgeon that specializes in plastic surgery of the breast. I'm not in the, in the hospital setting. I would not be considered a breast surgeon. A breast surgeon is a general surgeon. So they'd be FRCS Gen, G-E-N who is then specialised in breast. And it's the general surgeons who deal with breast lumps, breast pain, uh, breast cancer, scans, et cetera, et cetera. So if someone comes to me with a breast lump, let's say they haven't got implants in and they've got a breast lump, I'd be like, well, you need to see a breast surgeon. And that breast surgeon would investigate you. So um, what I would normally do is I'd write to your GP and say, look, this lump, I don't think is part of the implant. I think it might be um, you know, a thickening or, or a lump in the breast tissue. So it might be worth getting it investigated. 
uh, and referral to a breast surgeon. So a breast surgeon uh, would then be able to see you and do things like um, do a scan and biopsy and what have you. Now, obviously, you've got to tell the breast surgeon you've got implants in because they've got to adjust the way they do things. They can do things just the same. There's no problem having implants in if you've got a breast lump and need investigation. Um, there's no problem with it. You just got to tell them they got a, you've got an implant in because if they have to do a biopsy of it, if you can feel a lump, what they normally do is they stick a needle in and try and aspirate a little bit of the, of the lump to get a, bio, a tissue biopsy of it. Now, if you've got implants in, they probably wouldn't just stick a needle in. They'd probably do an ultrasound-guided biopsy. So they can still do a biopsy, but they just do it under ultrasound guidance. Similarly, if they're doing a scan, something like a mammogram, they'd have to change the angle of the scan that they would do it. they do it slightly differently than if you didn't have implants in. Something like an ultrasound would be would be fine uh, with implants in, but again, obviously you got to tell them they're going to find out pretty quickly if you do an ultrasound anyway. But um, you just got to let them know. Now the implants not going to hide any breast lumps or anything like that. The breast tissue will always be above the implant. There won't be any tissue breast tissue behind the implant, whether it's on top of or behind the muscle. So you'll still be able to feel the implant, uh, feel lumps or things like that just as well. Um, but you do have to let them know, and they can investigate investigate you appropriately. So if you do have a lump. And you've got breast implants in the first thing is to seek help by someone whether it be your gp or your plastic surgeon doesn't matter just go and see someone but i think it'd be perfectly reasonable for the uh, gp or, or whoever to say look get get it might be a breast uh, implant and get checked out by your breast uh, your plastic surgeon first and then if it's not then it'll be a to a different sort of surgeon a breast surgeon and that sort of stuff's investigated really well in the nhs they've got it really slick the way they investigate breast lumps uh, within the nhs so that's often done with the nhs you can have it done privately but um you can often get referred back into the nhs for that sort of thing so i think that's all i got um yeah that's 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 it i think I've got no way of putting titles or anything on here. This is a new thing for me. I don't know what, uh, I think I'll put a comment, I'll put a comment in, but yeah, that's all I got. Sorry, I didn't... anyway, I just thought I'd sort of ease in, ease into my first YouTube live. Ease in. Is that loud? Is this, is it this microphone? Is this louder than this? Hello? Anyway, yeah. So, um, I do feel a bit of a scruff. I, do feel, I, haven't, I don't think I've presented myself well for my first Facebook Live for new Facebook Live viewers. They're probably thinking, you know, what's this scruffy guy? You know, I have the, normally have the thing down there saying who I am and stuff. Anyway, there you go. Um, so if anyone's got any questions, you can ask them in the chat. Well, put them in the chat. Is it chat or comments? Put them in the comments afterwards and I'll look, look, look for them. And awesome. I've got to do, I'll do this again next week. Now, um, who knows? Uh, what I might do is do it on Instagram because I don't know. I did an Instagram thing earlier. I thought it was limited to how far you can talk on Instagram, but I might do an Instagram live next week. Um, got four weeks of ban. I think I've got 24 days left of my ban on Facebook. Um, so, yeah. So, so. I'll be looking for alternatives. So I might do YouTube live. I might do, um, oh, it's louder in the mic. Is it? So the mic is working. Okay. I didn't think it was working. Um, so I'm going to check myself out and uh, go and um, next, I might I might dress up a bit next week. I do feel a bit bad now. I'm looking at myself. Uh, didn't realize I look this scruffy, to be honest with you. T-shirt's not very good, is it? Anyway, hey-ho.
can't change it. It's out there. Look at that T-shirt showing there. Oh, dear. Sorry about that. I'm going to go uh, away now. And I'm going to carry on with my evening. If you have any questions, please ask them because um, that's, the, that's, the, that's, that's what I do to ask questions. Um, and I will answer them next week, Tuesday night, 7 p.m., YouTube slash Instagram Live or whatever with Periscope. Is Periscope still going with Twitter, you know? Anyway, probably probably Instagram Live, I'll give it a go. I might have a bash with it in the week. If not, back on YouTube Live. I'm checking myself out now. Um, thank you, everybody who's here. And I don't know if you can watch this afterwards. I don't know. But anyway, if you can, hello. If you're watching it afterwards, hope you've enjoyed, <laughs> enjoyed that rambling. I'm going to end my stream now by clicking here. And I will see you next week, same time, maybe the same place or a different place. Let's do this. End stream. End stream. <laughs>